0: Welcome to Nixa Talk. Today, we're talking about trends in ETF product design and distribution. You are listening to Nixa Talk, a show aimed at providing building blocks for best practice implementation to executives in the global asset management industry. Nixa Talk features targeted content from Nixa's live webinar programming. More content for your on-the-go, easy listening can be found at Nixa.org. I'm Alison Lovett, your Nixa host, and on today's show, we're with senior thought leaders in the ETF space on the use of ETFs within models and managed account platforms, and how advisors are using these products. Joining us are Tim Gilligan, Director, Head of Wealth Management ETF Sales at Legg Mason, Gregory Trinks, Executive Director of Fund Investment Solutions in the Americas at UBS, and Michael Barrer, Associate Director of Capital Markets at Wisdom Tree Asset Management. Paul McMillan, Managing Editor at Fund Intelligence, is moderating the discussion.
1: Um, let's talk about the the, the growth of uh, model portfolios and, uh, and what that means for product development professionals. Maybe some opportunities for fund groups, uh, both in terms of launching their own models and plugging into either five, third-party models or a distributor's own proprietary model. Uh, Michael, could you maybe uh, briefly discuss the way Wisdom Tree has, has, has looked at this, um, the, this area and developed its own portfolios that have been placed with various distributors? Yeah, sure model
2: portfolios is, is a big focus for wisdom tree um, both internally and externally um, for, for multiple different reasons one uh, it, it's a great way to get scale uh, in, in distribution in in terms of uh, you know working with third-party uh, model Providers uh, that are connected to, to many different platforms that ha- that have a good following, right? So we have a, a large home office uh, distribution team that focuses on those model managers and 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 trying to find places where uh, you know we can enhance the portfolios with. Uh, you know, any one of our 80-plus ETFs, uh, depending on on you know market conditions and what they're looking for, you know, so that is certainly a, a big focus for us. And you know, we've seen some very big wins there. Um, you know, the sales cycle on that is is much longer. Um, you know, but I think it all ties into the fact that uh, you know advisors are looking for more solutions inside their practice, right? So they can scale and and yeah. ETF model portfolios. Are the way to do that, right? So we've come up with an uh, entire advisor solution suite um, that that gives advisors tools to help uh, run their practice better, from you know different technology tools and, and uh, model portfolio developers and, and analytical tools. We also have created uh, through our uh, in-house research and asset allocation team our own model portfolios, right? And and. The really cool thing I, I think about those model portfolios is their open architecture. So it's not just Wisdom Tree products uh, only in inside them. Um, you know, we, we pick and choose where where we believe that we're going to add value inside the portfolio, and then we try to distribute those model portfolios on different platforms like different model market centers, a la TD has a model market center, or via InvestNet. Um, There are some robo-platforms that are out there that offer these model portfolios that are essentially one-click solutions uh, to gaining access to these exposures, again, you know, a lot of these funds that are inside these model portfolios fall into the smart beta world or are in the investment vehicle world. So execution is a big conversation um, that we are having with these advisors on you know which platforms are they executing through and making sure they're not using market orders just to gain exposure across their entire client books. That's the last thing that we want to see, um, you know. So again, going back to the education, there's a whole other uh, you know level of education that comes with um, you know, these, these model portfolios, but it is something that we are very focused on, um, you know, both internally through our, our, uh, our own developed model portfolios and then working with lots of ETS strategists and model portfolio uh, advisors that are distributing uh, across the entire asset management spectrum.
1: Tim, do you have anything to add really quickly on the way that Leg Mason is, uh, is looking to tap into the increased use of model usage and how that might have changed your product development thinking?
3: Yeah, certainly. We uh, agree with everything Michael just stated, right? Um, You know, if you look at from a financial advisor's perspective, there's so much, um, you know, top-down pressure in this industry, uh, both on asset managers and advisors on fees and and advisors having to expand their value proposition. And so the value proposition is moving away from investment management and has moved away into sort of this holistic wealth management. And so as a result of that, advisors are are using – Home office models more and more, um, and that extends across channels, right? So, that's not just you know the wire, traditional wirehouses, and broker dealer world, it's that extends into the RIA space um, as well as uh, the bank trust world. So, uh, so much innovation is happening out there, uh, so much top down macro pressure on, on advisors in the industry is just kind of giving hold to this idea of outsourcing portfolio management, and as a result of that. Not only do we have our internal multi-asset capabilities uh, available on multiple platforms, and we hope to grow that over time, and we expect it to, but we've also, uh, in the last couple of years, readjusted our distribution organization to take uh, resources effectively away away from the field, on the margin, and putting more emphasis on building out relationships and resources with the home offices across all yeah. channels. And that certainly requires a, a higher level of sophistication, advanced degrees, CFAs, industry experiences. And, and so it, it, it it's, it's certainly been a change for, for us yeah. in, in, I think a very real positive way.
1: Okay, great. And uh, and Greg, I might wrap a couple of quick questions up to you uh, together. One, it'd be great to get your thoughts around the growth of model usage, both sort of um, distributors' own proprietary models and third parties. And also maybe if you could talk the listeners a little bit through how um, you um, are uh, evaluating ETF products and the different approaches um, with active versus passive strategies
4: yeah yeah a fair amount there so um you know we're 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 absolutely exploring um entry into the into the third party model space um we do continue to see more advisor adoption of of home office models uh for some of the reasons that were just mentioned before i mean obviously um you know scale is part of that right um but it also you know it allows you to focus on other aspects of of managing the relationship and and um you know, those are really important aspects, right? Both sides of the balance sheet are, are something that um, we're keen to, to help our clients manage here. <clears throat> and so if you can, if you can help uh, outsource some of the investment management to, uh, to a dedicated group, it, um, you know, it can certainly be um, quite a positive. So, um, <clears throat> you know, what's interesting is that if you look at the trends that have occurred, um, you know, five years ago as we really saw ETF adoption ramping up, Um, you know, you could actually see a population leapfrog that entirely and go from the way they've traditionally done it and using, you know, maybe, you know, using mutual funds or whatever instruments they're using, and if they weren't using ETFs, just skip right over going into ETFs and just hand it right off to, you know, a third-party model or a home office model. Um, And that's just, again, I think part of the evolution that we're seeing in this industry here. Um, In terms of onboarding, I think was the other question, right, Paul?
1: Yeah, yeah. So just maybe some, t- some tips for the, the product development professionals listening in in terms of how you, evaluate, are, you, how you are evaluating ETF products, and, and does that approach differ between, uh, depending on active or passive uh, strategies?
4: Yep. So we've got a dedicated uh, process um, for onboarding active ETFs. It's a bit different than onboarding a non-active ETF. Um, notice I didn't say passive. But anything that is sort of machine driven or not, you know, not human driven, right? Um, machine, machine driven. So that's whether it's market cap weighted or, or non-market cap weighted. Um, you know, we've we've got a a process for that. And if it's active management, um, where you have a, a manager or a team of managers um, that can that can uh, influence that strategy, then you know, we basically apply our mutual fund uh, due diligence process, right? And that that holds true for an active ETF, whether it's um, a traditional active ETF or a non-transparent active ETF, uh, whether it's a next Share's, whether it might be a Presidium product, who knows? That, that's the, the approach that we take, and we do approach uh, – we do take an approach from an ongoing due diligence standpoint uh, with actively managed ETFs that much more resembles Um, The mutual fund process, in fact, pretty much mirrors the mutual fund process, as opposed to on a a non-active ETF, we have a a monitoring process in place that monitors to other things um, in terms of the health of of those products and how they trade. And it's worth to know, I mean, we monitor the entire U.S.-listed universe, whether it's on our platform or or not, Um, even if someone can just purchase a product here on an unsolicited basis, even if it's not approved for solicitation at the firm. So we're monitoring everything. Um, you know, okay. our mindset has has evolved a little bit, right? We're, you know, I think about these products differently than I did five, six years ago. Uh, I no longer believe that all active ETFs need to be hyperactive trading vehicles with super tight spreads. I mean, I think that, you know, there's a point made earlier. They are a door with which you can walk into or out of an investment strategy, and that investment strategy could be a long-term buy-and-hold uh, strategy, right? Likely an active, uh, yeah. an active strategy. So we're trying to also evolve, and we have flexibility in our process to uh, to take that. Into consideration
1: as well. Okay, great. Thanks for those insights.
0: You've been listening to Nixa Talk, expert panels discussing today's most compelling asset management issues. Nixa is a trade association and support of professionals within the global financial community. Come back often and feel free to add our podcast to your favorite RSS feed or follow us on Twitter at Nixon News. Access to the complete live programming, including CE credits, is available to Nixon members. For information on how your firm can become a Nixa member, please visit nixa.org and view our membership page. For over 50 years, Nixa has been connecting global asset management participants to discuss and develop industry best practices. Join the conversation today.